following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, if you came in a little bit late, uh, welcome in. It don't get any better than that, does it? Amen. Man, it's awesome to see uh, two people take next steps in their faith, uh, have given their life to Christ, and uh, ready to get baptized. Just so excited for Shane and for Ethan. Uh, both of those people, both of those families, by the way, got invited to Coastal from a friend. And uh, their lives have been forever changed. And we're just so glad that we're, we're uh, a part of that and uh, just seeing their lives and their family grow and uh, become uh, the people that God's called them to be. Uh, man, there's so many reasons why I'm excited today. Those are just a, a couple of reasons. Uh, another reason is uh, just last week, I had somebody come up to me uh, after church and they were like, Pastor Chris, next Sunday... Uh, is Easter Sunday. Like, I didn't know that, you know, for like, a, you know, months now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, it's supposed to be like the, uh, that's like the Super Bowl, right, for pastors. So uh, are you ready, Pastor Chris? And I'm like, am I ready? I mean, are you serious? Am I ready? I mean, like, I'm, the, I'm like the Tom Brady of pastors. Like, I get better with age. I'm ready. Although I guess that doesn't apply this year. He lost. But anyway, but... Um, you know, I am ready. You know, the, the reality is, um, he's right though. You know, for Christians everywhere, Easter Sunday really is like the Super Bowl of all Sundays. And, and, and now here's the good news about that. This is so cool. This is exciting. We already know the end result of the game. We already know. I mean, we win. We're on the winning side. Jesus rose from the dead. He kicked Satan in the teeth and he ran up the score. We win. And it's almost like somebody could come up to me and say, Pastor Chris, now that Jesus is risen from the dead, where are you going next? I'm going to heaven, baby. I don't care. I could care less about Disney World. Come on. We win. In fact, you know, uh, Disney World, that's going to be like I don't know, south of the border compared to heaven, right? Kind of like a, uh, a carnival at a food line parking lot or something. So uh, I'm excited about that. But not only am I excited about it, it's Easter Sunday, it's the Super Bowl of Sundays and all that, but uh, I'm excited for another reason. And some of you are aware of this, some of you are uh, probably not aware of this, but today, Easter Sunday, is our church's, Coastal Community Church's 28th anniversary. Our first Sunday, yeah. Our first Sunday was Easter Sunday, 1990. And uh, we had our very first service uh, downtown at the Old Exchange Building. In fact, here is a picture of me and my wife, Giselle, I mean Janet, and uh, go ahead and take a look at this. Pull this up, if they will. There we are from 28 years ago. Literally, that, that is the Sunday after our very first service uh, downtown at the Old Exchange Building, uh, right after the service. And uh, man, it's just exciting. Is it 28 years of uh, making an impact, 28 years of uh, loving and serving our community? I even, what's that stuff on my, oh, that's hair. That's hair of a little bit, not a lot. Even at 22 years old, um, I still did not have a lot of hair. Um, in fact, do me a favor, everybody turn to your neighbor and with great gusto and a big smile say, happy anniversary. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Happy anniversary. And uh, to all the single adults here this morning, you're welcome. See, I was, uh, you know, if you're sitting next to, who knows, that significant other, possibly, I kind of let you pretend that you have a serious relationship right now. So I'm always looking out for the single adults here. Um, Another reason that I am pumped up today uh, is that we're kicking off a new series uh, this weekend, and it's called The Simple Life. Uh, life is complicated. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 
And uh, it just seems to be getting more so every day. I mean, whether you're talking about the economy or politics or technology or your family and your schedule and your work or school, it just seems that though life is spinning out of control and uh, everything is getting uh, more and more complicated and everyone is getting more and more busy. In fact, people are so busy today, so distracted, uh, so cluttered, that many times church uh, becomes just something else vying for your attention. You know, just another thing to do. Just another thing to check off your already uh, overcrowded to-do list. And I think if we're really honest with each other, many Christians and churches have made following Jesus and being a part of the church very complicated. And I don't think it should be that way. So, I want you to join us over the next several weeks in April as we talk about, you know, what really matters in life. And kind of, you know, decluttering and throwing away and kind of focusing on the things that are most important and beginning to live accordingly. And so, in fact, today on the back of your Connect card, one of your uh, possible next steps, uh, Ryan talked about that. Uh, there, everybody pull out your Connect card there on the bottom. It says, I will make uh, my attendance during the Simple Life uh, series a priority. And so, you know, we're not going to be uh, taking attendance or anything, but maybe the intent of your heart is, you know what, I need that. My life is complicated, and, and I am way too cluttered and way too busy, and I need to focus a little bit on the most important thing. So join us uh, in the month of April uh, for this new series that we begin today. Now, uh, if you're here today, and quite honestly, you are not that excited, uh, in fact, you would classify yourself as being here under duress, okay? In fact, you got invited to an Easter brunch, and they brought you here, <laughs> okay? Um, let me speak to that for a second. You know, and, and maybe, just maybe, you're not really all that sure about uh, the Bible, God, Jesus. Listen to me. Don't worry. Um, you have come to the right church. We're actually glad that you're here. You know, we, we like to say that your, uh, your questions are welcome here. Your, your doubts are even welcome here. I don't know you know, what you've gone through. I don't know the baggage that you bring. I don't know the pain that you've uh, gone through and, and maybe even has been inflicted by some uh, churches or well-meaning believers. And the truth is you have every right maybe to be angry. But let me say this. Our God's love for you is big enough to even handle your anger. And you're welcome here. Come as you are uh, is not just a dress code here at Coastal. Although today you all look beautiful, by the way. You really do. All colorful in spring, you know. Um, but we actually mean that. You know, come as you are is not a dress code. It's come as you really are. Uh, Christians celebrate Easter because everything that we believe hinges on what happened on this day 2,000 years ago. You know, there are a lot of belief systems, there are a lot of religions, and those belief systems and religions, they all might embrace a book or a teaching or a prophet, uh, they embrace certain values, all different kinds of things. But for us, our entire Christian faith hinges on one single event, the resurrection of Jesus. 
because Jesus rose from the dead, because it was literally, listen to this, witnessed by hundreds of people, because it was recorded in human history, because it turned the world upside down, it verified and validated everything that Jesus said and everything that he claimed to be. And that, my friends, is why Easter really is such a big deal and why it really is kind of the Super Bowl of celebrations. I, and in fact, because it is today, I want us to look at what you might call uh, the Super Bowl of all Bible verses, okay? I think it really is the most famous verse in the entire Bible, whether or not you've ever darkened the door of a church or raised in the church or anything like that. Um, what is it? It's John what? Everybody? John 3.16. It's there on the top of your outline. In fact, uh, over the years, you've actually probably seen this verse at many Super Bowls, you know, on a big sign or other sporting events. But for today, the reason I'm looking at this verse today, what makes this verse so great is its simplicity. You know, the simple life. It, it really simplifies and summarizes Christianity. In fact, I think if you were to walk out of here, you know, and just get only one verse in the entire Bible and understand it and act on it, this would be the verse. Okay, this verse settles your eternal destiny, and once you understand it, you really do understand what Christianity is all about. It, it simply explains why God made you, why Jesus died for you, and how you can have a home in heaven. So you see, I think you picked a great day to come to church. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to read it out loud together. We don't do that a lot, uh, but we're going to read this scripture out loud together. It's on your outline. It's on the screen. Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, we see God's passion. God's passion. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you need to realize just how much God loves you. Everything starts and begins with your understanding of just how extravagantly God loves you. You. you see, a lot of people, maybe even some of you here today, think that God is mad at you. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He really is. God so loved the world. What does that mean? The Bible says that he created everything to be an object of his love, including you. The whole reason that God made you is to love you. And let me tell you, his love is extravagant. It is lavish. It is beyond comprehension. In fact, uh, the Bible says that we will never be able to fully understand just how great God's love is for us. 1 John chapter 4 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. In other words, God didn't just say that he loved you. You know, have you ever found somebody like that? Maybe you've got one of those kind of people in your life. They're just saying it, but they never show it. Listen, God proved it. He proved that he loved you in the most extravagant of ways by sacrificing his one and only son, Jesus, for you. You see, when Jesus was nailed on the cross with his arms outstretched, it was as if he were saying, I love you this much even if you were the only person who ever lived on this planet, he still would have come to this earth and died for you. That's how much Jesus loves you. Here's my prayer for all of you today. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. 
And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, listen to this, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you will never fully understand it, but then you will be filled, filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Wow, man, that is awesome. God says, I don't want you to just know it in your head. I want you to experience how great my love is for you. And yet so many people, it's as though they've never felt loved by God. They've never experienced God's love. And God says, my love is long and high and deep and wide. What in the world does that mean? You know, think about it. How long is God's love? I like to believe that what that means is, you know, God's love is gonna last forever. You know, that, that, that's what makes it different than your love, than my love. Because quite frankly, listen, we, we understand sometimes our love gets tired. Our love wears out. You got a three-year-old, you know what I'm talking about, right? Love gets, it's tiring, right? But you know what? God says, I will never stop loving you. It's wide enough, he says, to be everywhere. In other words, there is no place in life that God's love is not right there with you. Listen to me, you will never be alone. You will never be alone. God will never stop loving you. His, his love is wide enough to be everywhere with you. It's also deep enough to handle everything. Again, I don't know what you came in here with today. I don't know your stories, but God does. And there is no problem, no stress, no difficulty, no pain. Whatever it is that you're going through. And you say, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I am in a deep, deep pit right now. God's love is deeper. And he's right there with you. You might say, yeah, but I've made too many mistakes. I've done too many wrong things. I've lived my life too far away from him. Listen, his love is high enough to overlook your mistakes. You know, I believe in many ways that God brought you here today so that he could say this to you. I love you. You. And that's the starting point to understanding the power of this verse. Number two, God's present, his gift, the gift of his very own son. That's the second part of the most famous verse, that he gave his one and only son. Notice it doesn't say, God so loved the world that he sent an angel or a prophet or a godly teacher or a moral leader. No, it says he sent his son. What does that mean? It means God said, listen, I'm coming myself for you. I'm coming after you. I'm gonna come to earth in the the form of a human being. Jesus was God in the flesh. He is the physical representation of God here on this earth. You know, Jesus never claimed to be a good teacher. He never claimed to be a moral leader, never claimed to be a prophet. In fact, he never claimed to be anything other than the Messiah, the Son of God. And you know what? That's what makes people nervous about Jesus. You know, if you ever meet somebody who claims to be God, you really only have three options. Uh, One, the guy's an idiot, okay? He's an absolute nutcase, a whack job. Uh, Second option, he is a fraud, a con man, a phony. 
But there's a third alternative. He's telling the truth. And if he is God, then what does that mean for me? You see, that is why they crucified Jesus. You see, they couldn't get him on any charges because he hadn't done anything wrong. And so finally they asked him, hey, Jesus, do you claim to be the son of God? And he said, yes, I am. And that's why they killed him. You see, right now, everybody in this room, you already believe something about Jesus. You either believe he is the Lord, he is who he claims to be, that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah, God in the flesh, or you believe he's a liar, the biggest one in all of history, or you think he's crazy. You see, you can't believe just that he's a good moral teacher because Jesus, in fact, never claimed to be that. He only claimed to be the Messiah. And what good moral teacher would claim that if he's not? Because he can't be both. You see, that's what makes people nervous. Because they don't want to admit who he is, who he claimed to be. Romans 3 says it this way, out of sheer generosity, God put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted, it, wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. In fact, Romans 5, 6 says this, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Why? You know, why did Jesus have to die? Well, it says right there, because we're sinners. Now listen to me. Don't get hung up on that word. You know, the Bible simply says that we've all made mistakes. Everybody in this room, we've all blown it. We've all gone our own way. The Bible calls that sin. That means me, you, the person sitting next to you, you know, your neighbor, your coworkers, uh, Billy Graham, the Pope, uh, the president, Mother Teresa, everyone. Nobody's perfect. Nobody bats a thousand. And the Bible says that the result of our sin, the wages of our sin, is death. In other words, it's that sin that separates us from God. And so to have a relationship to God, to get into heaven, that means that somebody has got to pay for all the wrong that we've ever done. Either you or somebody else. And that's where God steps in. And he says, I love you. I'll do it. I'll be the one. I created you. I will pay for all the things that you've done wrong. The Bible explains it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Jesus Christ who never sinned. See, that's important. Because he was perfect, he then had the ability to pay for our sins. So God made Jesus, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Oh my goodness, what a great deal. The word for that is grace. It's where God gives you not what you deserve, but what we need. You know, in other words, what, what God is saying is, I'm gonna take all of the wrong things 
that Chris Rollins has ever done, all the wrong things he's ever done, ever said, ever thought, did or will do, I'm gonna take all of it and I'm gonna put it on the shoulders of my son Jesus on the cross. And he's gonna pay for it with his life, his very life on the cross. And then it gets better. And then God says this, in his grace and in his love, he says, I'm gonna take all of the goodness, all of the righteousness, all the perfection and love of Jesus and I'm going to transfer it. I'm going to put it on Chris. So that when I see him, when he accepts Jesus into his life, when I see him, I don't see the sin. I see the Savior. I see Jesus. Man, what a great deal. Friends, hear me. That's love. That's love. And when they drove those, those nails through the hands and feet of Jesus, they went straight into the heart of God. I mean, think about it this way. If there had been any other way for you and I to be forgiven, any other way for you and I to get into heaven besides Jesus coming to the earth, taking a beating, the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom, and, and going to a cross and dying for our sin there, don't you think that God would have chosen that other way? Friends, there is no other way. There's no other way that you're going to ever get into heaven except on the payment that Jesus bought and paid for. The Bible says this in Ephesians, God saved you by his special favor. That's grace. When you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a what? What's the Bible say? It is a gift. A gift from God. That's the present. That's why, you know, that's why if you're a believer here today, you know, not just on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, not just on Sundays, but every day. Listen, you and I, of all people, man, we should be walking around with just this mindset, this attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude because of what Jesus did, because he deserves it. He paid for our freedom. He paid for our hope. He paid for our purpose with his life. He paid for my ticket into heaven with his blood, and he is worthy of all praise. And listen to me, I want to obey him. I want to follow him. I want to be pleasing to him. Not so that I can earn my way into heaven. Not so that I can work for my salvation. Listen to me, that's nothing but religion. And religion will only get you cuts in the line to hell. That's it. But I do it because of what Jesus has already done to thank him. First of all, God's passion. He loves you more than you'll ever be able to know. God so loved the world. Then his gift, his present, he gave his one and only son. Number three, God's proposal. God's proposal. He has this incredible offer. It's this, that whoever believes in him. Notice in the proposal it says, whoever. It's offered to everyone. Titus 2.11 says this, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to who? All, all people. Listen, it doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter, you know, your color. It doesn't matter your sex. doesn't matter if you're famous or not, if you have a religious background or not. It doesn't matter your past. Jesus died for you. He wants everyone 
everyone to have a relationship with him. By the way, this is not uh, you know, some sick, twisted version of The Bachelorette, okay, or The Bachelor, you know, where uh, you know, we're going to get you on the stage and we're going to offer you a rose, not offer you a rose, sorry, you stink, you know, even though we made out for six weeks, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to offer it to somebody else. Notice how you accept God's proposal. It's for everyone. The Bible says this in Romans 3.22. We are made right in God's sight when we trust Jesus to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, no matter who we are or what we've done. Aren't you grateful for the last part of that verse? Man, I know I am. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done. You, again, you might be here today saying, yeah, but you don't understand. I have messed up in life too much. I have lived my life too far away from God. No, you have not. It doesn't matter what you've done, who you've done it with, who you've been with. Where, what matters is the direction of your heart. There is only one condition to accepting God's proposal of eternal life. Only one. You trust him. It says, whoever believes in him shall not perish. Now, obviously, believing is more than just knowing. Just, you know, uh, mental knowledge. Okay? It's trusting. It's not just knowing about Jesus. You know, the devil believes in Jesus. He knows about Jesus. You're not going to find the devil in heaven. The devil believes, you know, that Jesus is the Son of God. So what? It means more than head knowledge. It means to trust, to rely on, to depend on, to commit to. Let me explain it this way. I believe in the historical person of Karl Marx. I believe he existed. I believe he's the founder of communism, but I'm not a communist. I believe in the historical person of Hitler. I, I know about his history and what he did, but I'm not a Nazi. I believe in Osama bin Laden. I know he existed, I, but I'm not a member of Al-Qaeda. But I believe in Jesus. And I'm, I'm a Christian. Why? Because I've trusted in him. I've committed my life to, to follow him. You see, here's the serious problem today. An awful lot of people are going to miss heaven by about 18 inches. Because they got him in their head, but they do not have him in their heart. They've got religion, but they don't have a personal relationship with the Savior. They've not trusted him with their lives. Listen, that's why Jesus died. He died and rose again for you so that you could actually have a personal relationship with God. That's why you were made. That's the number one part of your purpose is so that you could get to know and love and trust God intimately. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Indeed, God is ready. He's ready to help you right now, today, Today, Easter Sunday, 2018, is the day of your salvation. Let me ask you, what about you? Have you personally accepted Jesus for what he has done for you on the cross? And have you put your trust in him? Have you committed your life to him? If you haven't, I'd love to step you through that today. But before I do, let's go through one last part of this verse. Number four, God's promise, his great, great promise so God so loved the world, that's his passion, that he gave his one and only son, that's the present, the gift, that whoever believes in him, that's the offer, the proposal, shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
That's the promise. It's life. It's everlasting life, eternal life, abundant life. Did you know? Did you know that you were made to last forever? Did you know that? Sure. Now, one day, we're all going to die, right? I say here at Coastal all the time, you know, the, the death rate here in our country still hovers right around 100%, okay? We're all going to die. You're all going to have a funeral. We're all going to call it Pastor Chris. I'm going to come perform your funeral. Then we're going to come back here, and we're going to eat fried chicken and potato salad, okay? That, that's a, those are the facts of life, okay? Now, there's going to be an end to your body, but that is not going to be the end of you. God wants you in heaven with him not in hell. Now, the reality is a lot of people believe a huge myth about hell. Here's what some people believe. Well, hell is the place where bad people go. You know, axe murderers, serial rapists, killers, child molesters, bad people. And heaven is where you go if you're just good enough, right? And you kind of sneak in. Listen to me. Good people don't go to heaven. If, this, if that's what you're counting on, you've got to hear me today. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. Forgiven people do. The fact is, if you could be good enough to work your way into heaven, to earn your salvation, to sneak in, then Jesus coming to the earth and dying on a cross for your sin and rising from the dead was all a waste of time. The truth is heaven is an absolute perfect place with an absolute holy God and you are not and neither am I. And our God does not grade on a curve. It's pass fail. Have you ever been to a, an amusement park and uh, they got those signs by the ride saying you got to be this tall to ride the ride and you always see kids like, you know, stretching and, you know, standing on their tippy toes trying to sneak in. Well, imagine getting to heaven one day and God's got like this thousand foot sign saying you've got to be perfect to get into heaven and you're not and I'm not and that's why we needed Jesus because he was. And he paid the price for our admission into heaven. 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, what a God we have. What a God we have. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And that future starts now. So God says, here's the offer. Your past can be forgiven. You can have a purpose for living every day and you get a home in heaven forever. Listen, not a bad deal. In fact, I think God brought many of you here today, this weekend, so that he could say Psalm 34, 8 to you. Open your eyes, open your heart and just see, see how God, how good God is. He loves you. You know, in the final moments of Jesus' life, one of the more dramatic scenes to me is when Pilate, the governor of Judea, walks out in front of an angry mob and he asks the single most important question in all of history. He says this, what shall I do then with Jesus? I'm asking you that same question today. What are you gonna do with Jesus? Jesus. It's the most important question you're ever going to be asked. It is the question that determines the rest of your life here and now. It determines where you're going to spend eternity. What will you do with Jesus? Now, let me give you some encouragement today. Listen, you don't have to have it all figured out. 
You don't have to have all your questions answered. You don't have to have all your doubts resolved before you begin a relationship with God through Jesus. And you don't even have to clean up your life first. You know, he does the cleaning. There's so many of you who think, well, you know, I'm not good enough yet. I gotta clean up my act yet. Listen, that's not the way it works. Listen, I'm a Christian. I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time and I still have lots lots of questions. I still have, you know, lots of things that I don't understand. I still have doubts. I still get angry. I still don't understand. But you know what? Listen to me. It's not stopped me from having a relationship with God. You know, one day, um, a dad uh, came to Jesus, and he had a sick little girl that he desperately wanted healed. And basically, he just poured his heart out to Jesus, and he said, have mercy on us. Help us. Do something if you can. And I love how Jesus responded. I love this. He said, what do you mean if I can? And then he said, Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly replied, Jesus, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. And then Jesus healed her. You know what? You could come to Jesus today, just like that dad, and you could just say, Jesus, I I do. As As much as I understand, as much as I know, I do believe. But will you help me with my doubts? And he will. He will. Here's how we're going to end our service this morning. We're going to read together again John 3.16 one final time. But this time we're going to do something a little different. Instead of saying, for God so loved the world, I want you to put your name there. In other words, I'm going to say, for God so loved Chris. So we're all going to read it together out loud, but I want you to put your name where it says the world. Make it personal today. Okay, here we go. Together, out loud, let's read it. For God so loved Chris that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the simple gospel. God's passion, his great, great love, it's you. His gift, it is the gift of his one and only son, Jesus. His offer, whoever believes in him, whoever trusts in him, And the promise, you will never die. You will have eternal life. So what about you today? What have you done with Jesus? Are you ready to come home? Are you ready to say yes to Jesus? It is as simple and yet as beautiful as a prayer. And I want to step you through that. And my guess is there's a lot of decisions that can be made here in this room. A lot of next steps. One of them is to believe today. One of them might be just to recommit your life to God. You know, maybe you've kind of wandered away, but today you'd like to renew your commitment. Maybe some of you are here today and you're looking for 
a church home, a family to belong to. Listen, Coastal's your church. But I want to I want to step you through this prayer of salvation. Bow your heads and pray with me today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. I thank you for the simple gospel. That Jesus, your son, that you loved us so much, God, that you allowed your son Jesus to come to this earth and to live a perfect life so that he could be our sacrifice. And he went to the cross and he paid for our sin and he rose from the dead to prove that he had the power to do it. Thank you, God. Thank you. Listen, if you are here today and you are ready to believe, again, this is not about resolving all of your doubts. It's about faith. It's about trust. And if you are ready to come home to a loving Heavenly Father, not just for now, but for all eternity, just pray something like this in your heart today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I want to come home. God, I have lived my life apart from you. I have pushed you out of my life a time or two. I have been angry. I have been hurt. But today, God, I want to come home. I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to the cross to pay for my sin. Today, I turn my back on all of that, and I take this one step of faith, and I ask Jesus to come into my life to be my Savior and to be my Lord. Because not only do I believe he went to a cross, but I believe, God, I trust that he rose from the dead, and I put all of my faith and my hope in him and him alone. And now, God, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow him. I want to become, God, more and more like you see me today, your adopted son, your adopted daughter, a part of your forever family. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.